Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And on the FM dial, you can find us at 106.3 FM. Welcome to the program here this morning as we talk sports with you right up until noon. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, uh, just one guest in the first hour of the program is Wednesday. That means uh, men's basketball analyst Kevin Lehman will join the program. All of our Valley conversation throughout the entire season is brought to us by our friends at Washer Systems of Iowa. Kevin Lehman will go inside college basketball. We'll do a lot on the Valley, but we'll also move around with the uh, uh, Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, with their respective victories, uh, well, I guess didn't go that well for Iowa State on Monday night, but the Texas game uh, certainly did over the weekend. And you take a look at the remainder of the schedule, and I agree with Randy Peterson's piece in the Des Moines Register today. Still a lot to uh, to play for when you consider who's left on the schedule. Teams that uh, find themselves right there at the same spot in the standing. So uh, stay out of that uh, playing game on Wednesday night. That has to be the target. We'll talk a bunch of topics with Kevin Lehman at 10 30 11 o'clock david kaplan is here as he is each and every wednesday centurion stone of iowa uh, sponsors cappy every wednesday uh, we spoke with cappy about 8 35 as we do every wednesday morning subsequent to that of course there is a little bit of news that's come out of uh, cub <laughs> spring training that uh, yes we brought up chris bryant but we didn't bring up the fact because we didn't know that chris bryant is going to be the leadoff hitter uh, for the Cubs, at least to begin the season, David Ross is ticketed the third baseman to lead things off for the Cubbies. Thoughts? They need uh, something up there at the top of the lineup. Boy, and, and they've searched for the right guy, haven't we've they? We've seen Schwarber up there, Almora before. Well, we learned a little bit yep. deeper exactly what he can be at the top of the lineup. Ian Happ at times. Mm-hmm. I think that Hayward get a couple of chances, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and he had a nice bounce back season, certainly last right. year. Rizzo's led off yes, in the he past. Has. It's searching there, and uh, Chris Bryant, well, with free agency pending two years away, mm-hmm. got to figure, arbitration next year also, not going to have as many RBI opportunities if you're batting leadoff in the National League. And, and Chris Bryant, to, to his credit, uh, he's perfectly fine with it. He said so uh, the, this morning as he met the media uh, in Arizona, he's going to lead off. So let's well, let's have some fun. Um, Vinny Iyer is going to join us at 1125. We'll do the quarterback derby. We'll do some NFL. We haven't had, done an NFL segment uh, since the Monday following the Super Bowl. So, so Bryant, and then what? Nico Horner, if he makes the... I'm, I'm assuming he'll be the second baseman, right? Yeah, yeah. Or do you put him second and you park him down in the eight hole? Because Rizzo's going to bet third. Who's fourth? Baez? Yeah, Baez in the four spot. Contreras five? Do you have to go... The old school, the old conventional wind wisdom is you get a guy with a good stick, a guy that control the bat for that mm-hmm. second spot, move guys around. In today's baseball, you don't need that anymore, right? You just stack it up. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. By the way, uh, the Joe Madden stuff, let's let this end, right? Still continues to linger on. Baez said that the team wasn't prepared to begin games early in the week, and Madden had to come back. Joe, you're not in Chicago anymore. Yeah. Uh, Cubs, you're, you've got a new skipper now. <laughs> let's just move on for everybody's sake. Although maybe there's some folks out there that are finding a relief from Astros uh, conversation. <laughs> like something dominate. different. Yeah, a little something different. All right, so here's me. I'm going to go. 
I'm going to go Bryant 1, Baez 2, Rizzo okay. 3. Uh, who am I going to put fourth? Schwarber? Schwarber 4. Yeah. Uh, Contreras 5, Hayward 6, Hap 7, Horner 8. I like that. I think that's a good direction to go, moving Baez up there. Because that second spot, I mean, the same thing with the leadoff spot. It's just the way this team is constructed, it's incredibly difficult to find what makes sense for the Cubs and what they need to do building even the top half of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Boy, it's fun to be talking baseball. That I, is, I, I, you that, and I both love it. Yes. They got us. The game's got us, no doubt about that. Are you a big Nico Horner believer? That I don't know. I haven't seen enough. I mean, when he got the opportunity last year, he... They skip right over AAA, right? Mm-hmm. That's a kid who didn't see any pitching at AAA, and uh, I, maybe I guess I think it's too early to tell. At you this know who point. I like this year? I think Ian Happ's going to have a nice year. Do you? I really do. Mm-hmm. I, and maybe he's that guy in the second spot. So you go back to back lefties with him, followed by Rizzo if you went that direction. The Bodie just spot. a bench guy. Yeah, I think no so. shot. Happ starts here like he did last year. No, I don't I, think I, so either. I can't see that. I think uh-uh. we're kind of past that, and and. Though he did it with a frown on his face, he came down here and did, did the work. Yep, got back up there, and certainly when he first got back up there, they couldn't get him out for crying out loud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, didn't want to talk to Tommy Birch. No, he didn't. He was just going through his business, yep. getting things done, and well, finally got his call back up there. This is still a good lineup. This yep. is still an old rotation. It's still a bullpen that's eh, all right, but 84, 85 wins, that's where you're kind of seeing that's those totals. not enough to win the division, I don't think, Trent. Good enough for a wild card? That is hard to say. Hard to say. Because Dodgers going to win 100-plus games They're again. They're going to be so far in front that they'll never be caught. There's nobody, I think, that you really are excited about. The Padres or Diamondbacks would be the two in the I West. I think the Diamondbacks are a little sneaky this year. I think that they've made some moves. Meanwhile, out East, I mean, the Nationals are the defending champs, but I look I look at the Phillies like, when's this going to happen? The Braves are the Braves. How about the Mets? The Mets seem to get... Uh, 186 last year. Healthy DeGrom. Yeah. Healthy Syndergaard. Uh, pitch, the rotation trends as good as you'll find in the major leagues. Your boy Marcus Stroman. Uh-huh. Followed by Mats and Porcello. It's not bad, is it? That's pretty good one through five. That's really That's solid. pretty good one through five. I like their bullpen. I like what they've done there. So here's their lineup, at least going through uh, position by position. Okay. Wilson Ramos. Okay. Pete Alonso. Yeah. yeah. Just 52 home yeah. runs as a rookie. Rookie, yeah. Robinson Cano. Okay. Not sure how much he's got left, but... Uh, third base, bit of a hole. Jeff o- uh, McNeil or Jed Lowry. Yeah, bit of a hole, I'll say. Ahmad Rosario, shortstop, like him. Yep, I do too. Cespedes, if healthy. Well, that's the key, and, and that's I don't think he question. is. Brandon Nimmo, nice player. Don't know enough about him. And then Conforto. Yeah, good player. That's a good team. Not bad. Not bad. That's a good division, though. That's yes, a good it division. is. And then you got the Marlins. And then you got the Marlins, who I, I guess there's uh, they're ratcheting up the pressure on them. It's time for you guys to crawl out of the basement. Anyways, so that's the baseball conversation for today. But within an hour uh, from now, it'll come back up as we are going to speak with Cappy. And we already did. But the news that Chris Bryant is going to be at least given the opportunity to lead off. You know, we have games this weekend, right? Oh, we do. Spring training games. Nice. So there's, uh, the, the Royals play on Friday. And then I think everybody's in action on Saturday. Perfect. Yeah, I like oh, it. Oh, one more baseball note. The Cubs have announced a new pizza deal. You will no longer be able to get Giordano's inside of Wrigley Field. So who did they go with? Home this run is, in. I don't know anything about I it. I don't Oh, you know either. what? I have seen them before in okay. Chicago. I have seen them. I don't know. So next time in Wrigley, going to have to try some home run in pizza. 
as opposed to the Giordanos. Maybe we, maybe it'll work out that uh, when we're there for Big Ten Media Days this yeah. year that, uh, and we can get over uh, to Wrigley Field. So uh, we, we shall see. All right, basketball from last night, college basketball from last night. Trent, it was another entertaining night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both felt yesterday uh, that Penn State, who has won eight in a row and was playing unbelievable basketball in the to- at, at the time, and... You know, you take a look at who they've beaten. It's not like they were beating the who's who of the Big Ten, but regardless, they were doing so whether they were at home or whether they were on the road. Meanwhile, Illinois had been facing the who's who of the Big Ten and had fallen on hard times. They'd lost four straight. But to Somu back in that lineup last night, what a difference he makes. What a really fun, entertaining basketball game. You know, at the beginning, they had that all... Last night was all-access night. Mm-hmm. So, Did you like it? I didn't like the fact that I had to stare at... Underwood or Chambers all night in one of the boxes, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and to hear them, it was okay in pieces. But I liked it late game. Did you? When they were in the huddles? Yeah, when yeah. they were in the huddles. Right. Chambers said one thing. And Underwood said the exact opposite of what each other was going to do, which right. I, I just perfect. I, it found I found yep. it hilarious. They're going to do this, and then on the other side, we're not going to switch everything. We're going to stay mm-hmm. man. It just the exact opposite of what each coach said. I really got a kick out of that. But I'm with you. It just over the course of a game, it was too much. It's a little much. Yes. That's what I thought too. But it was you know it was unique, I guess, for a while. But the game itself was terrific, Trent. And mm-hmm. what a difference to Somu makes, huh? He is. Oh, this yeah. is such a different basketball team and. Yeah, Bashan Isvili, who we both thought was ticketed for stardom uh, in, in this conference after what we saw last year. I mean, he's coming from off the bench now. Mm-hmm. He's lost his gig, and that's a pretty good bench piece. Felice is Felice. Fraser can uh, score. Williams didn't last night, but can. But, man, DeSomo, he just took over this basketball team, uh, this game, rather. This leads me to believe that, um, you know, when you're talking about teams who legitimately can go to Indianapolis and win the Big Ten tournament, and we've thought at times this year that Illinois is one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Illinois is one of those teams. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. And they're a team of the Big Ten. When you go through and you talk about this 12 teams that all have still have a chance to make the NCAA tournament, but who can make a run? Who can not win a couple of games, get to mm-hmm. a Sweet 16, but an advanced run? And get to the final four. Maryland, yes. I was going to say, is Maryland part of the conversation? Yes. Because that's the easy answer. Because that's the most talented mm-hmm. team. Michigan State, yes. Because mm-hmm. Tom Izzo is still there. Right. They deserve the I benefit of I think Illinois is in the conversation. They might be the third team, I would think. They might be. Out of that group because mm-hmm. of high-level talent, NBA dudes, DeSumo, Kofi Coburn, eh, maybe a year away, but... Those are highly talented players. And with yeah, the right I kind hope of draw, Coburn comes back, Trent. He's defensively, he's a liability. Like, I can't see Purdue making that run. I can't no, see this Wisconsin No, what team. about Iowa? I can't see Iowa making that run unless everything breaks perfectly. Yeah, but you could see them getting out of the first weekend, oh, yeah, couldn't yeah. you? yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about getting to the Final Four. Oh, and yeah. when I'm power ranking it that way, I think Illinois is third on my mm-hmm. list behind Maryland and Michigan State. I think you've got the right three. I do. I think you've got the Who'd right three. Who would be fourth? Uh... Yeah, that, that's where it becomes, I think, a lot more difficult. I can't go Rutgers. I can't no, go Penn State. Um, I just, I, I can't, I can't go Penn State. It might State. be Iowa. Might be. Steven struggled mightily last night. And how many times have we seen a very high level player put his team on in their back and get him to a Final Four? Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade at Marquette, triple double against Kentucky in the lead eight. It was about Dwayne Wade in that game. And there's plenty of different circumstances that that happened. That this high level player. Took the team uh-huh. to the Final Four. Usually that's where it ends, but that's happened before. Luca Garza, he can be that kind there's of guy. A, there's no question about it. What about Michigan? November Michigan? Well, yeah, November Michigan, no doubt. 
I just livers back. Simpson. He was back and then he got hurt again. Mm. And it sounds like he's okay, but right. is it just going to be one of those seasons for him? Because again, in terms of talent, and if they would have lost those three dudes to the NBA, oh, think of how good this Michigan team oh. would be, coupled with Beeline and that weird offseason and that has ended for him in the NBA. But yeah, you, yeah, I think he got through Michigan this up morning, there. right? And in fact, I'd probably put Michigan ahead I, of Iowa. I think you, they're in the conversation. In that spot. Yeah, they're in the conversation. Well, I think we've got the right three, mm-hmm. uh, and then we go from there. All right, so you know my um, distrust, the fact of with with the Baylor Bears. Uh, Baylor looked really good last night, Trent. Defensively, this is a salty, salty team. Uh, if they can, they're, look, they're eventually going to need to, I would think, outscore somebody. And, you know, when Butler's going, Tristan Clark played better last night. Scorsese, he, he had a better night for himself last night. Gillespie's really solid. I love Vital's game. I do mm-hmm. love Vital's game. He's such a, uh, he's a, he's a load inside Banduke. And, you know, he didn't make his shots last night, but he's not going to have those type of nights. Uh, Saturday, I mean, get your tickets early. Kansas Baylor, this is a, I have no idea what time the game is. I'm just, Crossing my fingers that it's not at the same time as Iowa State. You're in good shape there. Good. It's 11 a.m. Oh, you told me that yesterday. Yeah. I forgot about that. Because game day is going to be right, at Baylor. Right, they're going right, to be right. hanging out in Waco, and the game's going to be happening right after game mm-hmm. day finishes. How they're going to have that set up, that's maybe the most... This is one of the more intriguing college basketball game days that I can remember in a while. Just because I don't remember this. Seeing Going this. right from the end of the college games, right. I write into the tip. No, I'm with you. So, who do you like? I mean, as we sit here on Wednesday, not knowing what the point spread's going to be, mm-hmm. just who's going to win the basketball game? Because I like Kansas. The point spread would be, uh, right now, Baylor by a point. So, essentially a pickle, right? Yes. I'll take Baylor. Would you? I'll take Baylor, yeah. I have what they did to him. I know Kansas I know. at the time was not playing that well, right. and, and Kansas has played really well since mm-hmm. since that game, but... I'm still going to stick with Baylor. And, well, a big question is going to be about Teague. After he wasn't able to go last night against Oklahoma, Teague is such an outstanding oh, player. And just to compliment to Butler. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I thought last night Oklahoma was a live dog. Mm-hmm. Because Teague wasn't going to go, and because of that, we'll see where he is health-wise and what he's going to be able to be. If he's out there, though, and he's at least close to 100%, I still like Baylor in this spot after they break the Kansas record. <sighs> 23 straight wins Remarkable, now. Trent. Really was remarkable. Scott Drew, after the game, he didn't, certainly didn't uh, uh, hadn't lost sight on him. He realized that this is a pretty remarkable accomplishment when you go back to the beginning of the Big 12. And it was there was five teams that they showed in the graphic, right. four of them named Kansas. And now Baylor right at the top of that list. So it was a pretty special run, no, about, no doubt about it. One other uh, on the Big 12 side, the West Virginia-Oklahoma State game. Yeah, you know what? I early. thought you were right on, Trent, because yeah. Oklahoma State came out in West Virginia. Virginia was just a flat tire fire. Yeah, it was ugly. But then the second half came around. And they flexed their defensive muscle, did they not? Oklahoma State scored 14 points. Remember, they play 20-minute halves in college basketball. 14 (laughs) points in the second half and lose by 18. So no winner there. Got a push in the Purdue-Wisconsin game. That one, how about Wisconsin down the stretch just to the free throw line? It was Davison a lot Mm -hmm. when he wasn't hitting guys in the junk. He's out there making free throws, (laughs) 19-20 for the Badgers. Yeah, that was the game that that, uh, I watched the least of, of the uh, Maryland Northwestern as well. Because I was, uh, I'll tell you where I was at 7.30, and like we talked about yesterday, FS1 had such a great slate, the 5.30 first tip with a Big Ten tilt into the Big East with Marquette hosting Creighton. I'm telling you, McDermott's got a team that can make some noise this March they really can I don't what what are they missing because they got a guy that can make threes they've got some height they've got a playmaker they've got a star in Alexander Tyshawn Alexander is legit they don't have depth inside 
That's okay. they they got the six eleven kid, and other than that, they don't have a lot of depth there. This is an incredibly efficient offensive team, and it's not just well, people come into CenturyLink and you're playing in front of nearly twenty thousand people, and it's filled up and they're loud. That's not what it is. When you look at what they've done on the road, last night in Milwaukee they beat Marquette. Seton Hall, they go into Seton Hall, who is playing great basketball, yep. and they beat them in their building. They Went beat Villanova, Villanova on in the road. Philly. They won yes. that one. Beat DePaul, beat Xavier earlier this season. It's not just a team, and we see kind of this middling tier, if you will, teams 15 through 40 of college basketball. Yeah, they can win at home, Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. This is a team that has gone out there on the road with what they can do on the offensive end. McDermott's got something here, and maybe, just maybe, the most overrated program in the Midwest is that can what finally, you're get to, finally get to a Sweet 16. There's a trivia question, a little bar. Hey, how many Sweet 16s do you think Creighton has? The answer? Zero. See, I wouldn't have known that. I would have thought that they got there at least once. Um, Creighton fans don't like uh, when you no, call them that either. No, I used to work with a Creighton fan, a guy that used to, right. that used to be the proprietor of a, what was that website he had? Blue Jay Nation, maybe? Blue, Blue Jay, Jay Cafe? Blue Jay Cafe, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, I think Peralt was the uh, moderator, whatever the hell they call it. Right. That, that was his website when he first came here. But um, we'll see. That's a good uh, That's a good Creighton team. Greg mm-hmm. McDermott's got this team playing very well last night. So all in all, a pretty good uh, night as we went around. I think the three best conferences in college basketball, certainly the, you put the Big 12, and at least I do, just because the very top. I mean, Kansas and Baylor might be the two best teams in the country right now, not named Gonzaga. Um I mean, the bottom of it's really bad, but the Big East and the and the Big Ten clearly are in any conversation. The SEC is not deep enough. The mm-hmm. ACC, likewise, uh, the Pac twelve is the Pac twelve is better than they've been in the last couple of years. But I don't think you put them amongst the conversation amongst best. So the Ken Pomeroy rankings for conferences as a whole: uh-huh. Big Ten number one. Okay, Big East has to be number two. The Big Twelve has just overtaken it, really? which is surprising because the because Big East of the top. Yeah, because there was a pretty big gap there with the Big East and the Big Twelve before, but now the Big Twelve's in the second spot. Big East third, then a huge gap at least in terms of the numbers. It's over four points difference. So the Big Ten's a seventeen point five plus seventeen point five. Big Twelve plus fifteen point eight, fifteen point six for the Big East, and then you go down to eleven point two. And that's the Pac-12. Still in the fourth spot, though, which uh-huh. still surprised me because I figured it would be the ACC. We're talking about just decimal well, points Well, because we're used to the ACC being there year in and year out, and they just don't have a lot of depth this year. Charlie. No, after the top three of Duke, Louisville, and Florida State, who all have their warts. Yeah, but they can all go a long way in the tournament. They can. Duke's playing very well, and Florida State's deep as anybody. Virginia's uh, figured it out. They're so bad offensively, mm-hmm. but because of what they do on the defensive end, at least they have a shot every single time. And then... Who do you like? Mm. Syracuse, NC State, no, Notre Dame, Clemson, no, yuck. No. Those are all those are all teams that at best should be a Dayton. Best case scenario for those teams, they should be in Dayton because none of those teams. Dayton struggled last night. I didn't watch any of it, but Dayton struggled last survived, night. Survived, yeah. yeah. Got it done uh, late in the game, but yeah, that's. I think that's the place that you're looking at the big ACC, and you're just you're not used to that. You're mm-hmm. not used to seeing that. Same thing depth wise, the Big Twelve. We talked about that. Five now if you throw Oklahoma in the and mix. I think we're trying to squeeze a fifth team into it. But it's probably... Well, it is Oklahoma. Yeah. It is Oklahoma if we're trying to. Like, Oklahoma wasn't awful last night, but Baylor just... 
Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to maybe come around a little bit, but I'm going to pick Kansas to beat them this week and show up here on Monday with egg all over my face or who knows. Uh, but it's going to be a terrific basketball game. I'm glad it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Game day will be there to get that out of the way and put the ball in the air and settle this Big 12 fight between these two schools. We'll see it again, I'm assuming, uh, in a couple of weeks in Kansas City. Drake at home tonight. They get Valpo coming yeah, in. ESPN Plus has it, so I assume it's a Mediacom per- production. Very well could be. We'll talk to Kevin Lehman coming up here in just a few minutes, get his thoughts on that one. Drake, a four-point favorite at home, and the importance of this one, it goes a long ways in determining who's going to be playing on opening night and who's going to get into the quarters. away from Thursday. Yes. So we've got two schools that are kind of in that same boat, right? Iowa State staying away from opening night in Kansas City. Drake, likewise, uh, in St. Louis. Kevin Lehman coming up. We will speak with him here momentarily. Look forward to uh, doing that. Cappy in the 11 o'clock hour, Centurion Stone of Iowa makes Cappy uh, possible. Look forward to that. Uh, We're going to do a lot on the Cubs, a lot on the White Sox with Cappy. Again, the Chris Bryant leadoff news uh, broke after we had our conversation with Cap, uh, which we do each and every Wednesday. Vinny Iyer's going to check on in here. You know this, uh, it's, it's that time of year, right? We're starting to hear from some some NFL teams are starting to put out some misinformation campaigns, some fake news, if you will, uh, as they try to get everybody off the scent. I honestly think that the Detroit Lions, if you're a Bears fan, and I know you are, if you're a Vikings fan, and there's certainly a lot of them within the sound of our voice, likewise Green Bay, I think the other team in that division might be getting a lefty from Alabama. Go in that direction. I'm with the starting Tua, to think huh? that Tua might be uh, might be the, uh, and I know they like Akuda, the uh, the very different, our our talented uh, cornerback from Ohio State. But hmm. I don't know if you pass this, Trent. I really don't. I mean, if he's if he's a franchise quarterback and you've got an opportunity, and Matthew Stafford's, I mean, he's getting up there in age. Still yes, got some is. years left. I mm-hmm. mean, by by no means is he finished. But I don't know. How do you pass it up? And use it as a redshirt year for That's Tua? what you do. I mean, he's coming back off an injury. I don't know why I would. You can figure out financials, what you need to do, mm-hmm. restructuring the contract for Stafford for this year. Stafford and then. is a one-year deal, and then next year you eat the cap hit, and you, and you turn it over. Makes a lot of sense. I do. We've seen a lot of teams go that way. Look, the Super Bowl champs did that a couple of years ago, right? They gave their franchise quarterback a redshirt year, with the exception of Week 17. And look at the, the look what that did. Made uh, made a world of difference. All right. So Vinny Iron 11:25. Looking forward to speaking with Vinny. Uh, we'll do quarterback uh, veteran quarterback roulette. But Kevin Lehman joins the program next. Miller and Condon with you until noon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. We got a problem. Our uh, screen has gone blank. That has all our commercial log. So as I hit play... Nothing happened. There's nothing there. There's literally literally nothing on the screen. How about this? How about I uh, call Kevin Lehman? Yeah. You fill a little bit here. Okay. And uh, I'll try to get to the bottom of this because this is something I have no idea what to do. Literally, the screen has nothing on it. It is just blank after blank after blank for every commercial that normally plays at this spot. I've never heard of that before, Trent. I've never seen it before, but here we are. Right. If one thing is going to work, I would think that that would probably be it, because after all, those commercials that I know not all of you like, very few of you, they do pay the bills and keep this radio station on the air. So we'll get Kevin Lehman uh, in here coming up. One uh, one quick note. Uh, We're going to save this for the 11 o'clock hour, but the XFL ratings have come out. Uh, The week two television numbers are out, and as... 
is usually the case. The difference between week one and week two, it was a precipitous drop. They were down 29% overall television ratings from week number one. In fact, the four games from the first week of the regular season, the XFL, every one of those games did a better number than the highest rated game from week number two. That's not a good sign. That is not a good sign. I've not seen the attendance numbers in the buildings yet, but uh, not a good sign that the television ratings and kind of felt that it was going that way. There was a lot of buzz on Twitter about eh, maybe not a lot of buzz, but there was certainly more than you would expect share of buzz on Twitter for week number one around the league. But this past weekend, nothing, no buzz whatsoever. And the television numbers went in the tank. Kevin Lehman sponsored by Washer Systems of Iowa. We're going to get Kevin in here right now. We appreciate uh, his contribution week in and week out. He was at the Genteel last Saturday. Kevin, what a terrific basketball game. Uh, Northern Iowa and Loyola for the second time those two schools go to overtime they did likewise uh, at the McLeod Center this one went the Panthers way but really uh, Loyola says they um, they they took it to uh, the Panthers in the uh, in the additional five minutes but overall Kevin what an entertaining basketball game you had the color on the game welcome to the program how are you I'm doing great Ken and Trent and if you look back at that series with Northern Iowa and Loyola last year they played twice both one-point games, Loyola went on both. So this is a uh, two schools that are really developing a rivalry, and the Gentile Center sold out about 4,500. They're right on top of you, great atmosphere. But A.J. Green breaks his nose early in overtime, mm. missed his next four shots, finally made one at the end. But I think that really took away from the offense of the Panthers when he went down with a broken nose. Yeah, and uh, they got some stuff inside for Austin Fife. You know, him going forward as a player, he's been so efficient this year. You look at the numbers, he's 16th in the country in shooting percentage. He is high level in there. Do you expect more for him going forward, where they work more to get him shots, to get him posted up outside, step out, hit some jumpers out there, those kind of things? Are we going to see more on the plate going forward for Austin Fife? Well, I tell you, Trent, the three-point line being expanded has really helped Northern Iowa because they can put four three-point shooters around Fife. You're talking about Burhau, who's nationally ranked in three-point shots. We know Green can hit him against anybody of any size. Brown and Holman shooting like close to 6% in league play from distance. So it gives Fife a lot of room to operate in what the area we call the funnel from the free throw line on down. His forte is not necessarily jump shots, but you get him isolated in the post with those three-point shooters, he's an underrated passer. doesn't get a lot of accolades how well he passes the basketball because this assist to turnover ratio is really good for a postman. Uh, but I think as this thing goes, he's shooting so well that you got to get him more touches around the basket. Uh, A.J. Green, uh, Kevin, I was surprised that um... – that, that, that when the incident happened, and he, I mean, Williamson, to no fault of his own, he tripped. Uh, Green's on the on the ground going for a for a loose ball, and and all of Williamson's weight essentially 
landed on Green's face, pushed him right into the floor, as you mentioned, uh, broke his nose in the process. He looked as though, I mean, he was cut all over the place, uh, bruised all over the place. He had swelling by the time the game was over. Were you surprised, Kevin? And I'm not trying to stir things up, but I'm just trying to, to point out that it's such a big deal, you know, the concussion protocol in all of sports now. I was kind of surprised that, and maybe there wasn't, I didn't see it, that there wasn't at least a... Uh, more concern given to the fact that maybe there is something uh, going on upstairs with him. Were you surprised? Well, Ken, that's a great point. I didn't think about it at the time, but when you saw the replay and the head snap to the floor, that's a great point that maybe they did check in. Don Bishop is the trainer at Northern Iowa. He's been there for years. He was like the cut man in the corner uh, getting fixed up. and It was a long delay before he went back in that game. But, yeah, I, since you brought that up, Ken, I am a bit surprised that uh, he wasn't checked. And maybe he was for concussion protocol. He's, they, he's come back and he has a broken nose. Uh-huh. No stitches, which is surprising because it looked like he had a large cut down the bridge of his nose, but they said there was no stitches. He will play with a mask tomorrow night when they go to Indiana State, which, to me, is going to make it tough for him to shoot. That's a huge adjustment if you ever had a broken nose. I've had one. Anytime anything comes near your face, whether it's a ball or an elbow, you naturally wince and shrink back. It's just a natural reaction. It took me a couple of weeks to come back after my broken nose when I was playing basketball. And I'm assuming, Kevin, that this this mask that he's wearing tomorrow night, he's going to have to wear it for, for how long? Will he, I mean, he's going to have to have that thing on for a few weeks, I would assume, right? I would think so. You know, there's only four games left right. in Valley Play because they start their tournament a week early, so... Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him wearing that mask during the Valley Tournament in St. Louis. Kevin Lehman joining us as we take a look around MVC, presented by Washer Systems of Iowa. Drake tonight, they get Valpo, and I just mentioned it to Ken. Boy, super important to stay out of that 7 through 10 seed range and stay out of opening night of Arch Madness. Big one tonight at home in the Nap Center for the Doggies. This is huge <laughs> for the Bulldogs because there is a log jam at 7-7 seven and seven in the Valley with mm-hmm. Drake, Valpo, Missouri State, Indiana State. Two of those teams are going to be in that Thursday playing game. Mm. This will be huge for Drake to get a win, to step out of that, have the tiebreaker uh, or whatever, because they've got uh, you know the third tiebreaker after head-to-head comes to where you're at in the net. Uh, so that will come into play in this also. But uh, you know they lost that game at Valpo. But Drake's got to step up and win this and finish strong. They go to Illinois State. They go to Loyola, which will be tough. And then you got Northern Iowa back at the Nap Center for the season ending. So it's not an easy trip here for the Bulldogs. No doubt. Kevin, who's the best team in the Missouri Valley Conference? I still got to lean toward Northern Iowa. But I tell you what, Loyola, I've said this all along, watch out for the Ramblers. Uh, they are so well coached. They're the team that always gets better and better, but I still think it's Northern Iowa okay. with a healthy A.J. Green. And so how effective is he going to be wearing this mask and play with a broken nose? Uh, we had our bracketologist on, Kevin, uh, yesterday, uh, and we brought up uh, Northern Iowa. And we, we, the hypothetical path that we put out there is if you know they win their Final Four and they get to Sunday, and I'm speaking of the Panthers, they get to Sunday and at least are playing for a championship. And, and let's say it is Loyola again. It'll be the, you know, the deciding game. It'll be the third time that they've played this year. 
Our bracketologist is not just some guy. I mean, this is Gannett's. He's really good at what he does. Shelby Mass from bracket, uh, bracketwag.com. He thinks there's still a path for an at-large for you and I. I'm not so sure. How about you? Oh, I think there is. Uh, and here's to tell you why. Because if you look at what they've done, and here's what I compare it to. Last year, the net, the last at-large team taken was Belmont, and they had a 47. So Northern Iowa was a 34. They dropped to 40. That lost to Loyola. They have to win at Indiana, or Indiana State tomorrow night, or else they are certainly a bubble team and maybe on the wrong side of it. But if you look at the quad one wins, they're three and two now in quad, those quad one and quad twos uh, have done real well in quad three, but they're going to look at, can you play with the big boys? If you look at their losses, they lose by five to West Virginia, led that game most of the time. Mm-hmm. But every game they've played, including Loyola, has either gone to overtime or they've lost the last couple minutes. So it's not like they've been blown out by anybody. Uh, so will that factor in? I'm not sure what this division will look, that, look at. But I think if they run the rest of the table and would uh, get beat in St. Louis, that they're a shoe-in to get into the tournament. All right, Kelvin, let's uh, jump over to your stopping grounds there in Iowa City as the Hawkeyes get ready for a home date after a two-game road trip last week. They got the split. We said how important it was to at least get a split last week, and they found a way to do that. Probably the opposite way that most people anticipated it was going to play out as they fall to Indiana but beat the Gophers on the road. Now Ohio State, and you know, if, if they just hold serve, they hold serve at home, this is a team that's going to win 12 games in a 20-game conference schedule in this year's Big Ten. Nobody, I don't think, could have, certainly after the DePaul game, thought that was going to happen with this Hawkeye team. Trent, not only the Paul game, but the fact that you lose Jordan Bohannon. Because remember, we were asking that back in December. Where's this team going? What direction is it going without Bohannon? Uh, tough game against Penn State. First, Ohio State at home. But Penn State, even though they got beat by Illinois last night, really playing well. But I think they can win out at home. They've been good in Carver-Hawkeye. The win at Minnesota told me a couple things. They can win ugly. They can win scoring low, and their defense can make some stops at the end. I think that's a great confidence booster for them, even though Minnesota couldn't get out of their own way at the end of that game. But I, I got, I'm with you. I think this team, if not, they're going 11-9, 12-8. They may end up getting a first-round bye in the Big Ten tournament, which will be huge for a team that has such a short bench. They can't play four days uh, in Indianapolis. No. If they can play – Three games, that's going to be great for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, no question about that. All right, uh, I do want to get it. Uh, well, in fact, I'll go here before we go to Iowa State. Have you seen Creighton play this year in person, Kevin? All you're bouncing around doing games. Because every time I watch this team, and I've watched them a bunch, you know, on the, uh, they win at Villanova. Uh, they win uh, at Seton Hall. They pick off Marquette last night. Uh, McDermott's got a hell of a team here. This is a team, to me, that's got second weekend for sure. Uh, written all over it. Have you seen Creighton and your thoughts on McDermott's Blue Jays? Ken, I've seen him on TV, and I'm going to throw out a fun fact. Creighton has never been to a Sweet 16. Trent threw that out earlier, and I and I wouldn't have known that. I would have thought that they've been. Won plenty of bar bets with that one before, what, Kevin. I, yeah, I think it's one of the great facts in college basketball. Yeah. As good and as rich as that tradition has been at Creighton, that they have never advanced the second weekend. That's amazing to yeah, me. me. And too. their wins at Seton Hall, 
Their wins at Villanova, and now they win last night at Marquette. This is a team that's got the nation's attention, mm-hmm. and they have moved in Lenardi's bracketology as a top four seed. Yeah, Max really got them going, and they're hard to guard because they spread you out, they shoot the three ball, they play fast. It's it's interesting to watch the morph of a coach because remember when Mac was at Northern Iowa, they played those slow down fifty games, even did a little bit at Iowa State. He goes to Creighton, changes everything they do. This is a team that plays fast and furious and a team that loves the three ball. Fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt about it. Get you out of here on this. Uh, Iowa State uh, played uh, twice in 48 hours. They just pounded Texas uh, on the home floor in Ames and then went to Kansas. And this Kansas pretty special basketball team. Baylor-Kansas this week is appointment TV uh, if you're a sports fan. But kind of similar to where we were on Drake, Kevin, as far as avoiding that opening night uh, of the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. I think that that at this point has to be the goal for Iowa State is you know to avoid Wednesday night in Kansas City with the championship game on Saturday they get going on Wednesday and they've still got to play Oklahoma State Texas TCU and K-State so all the teams that they're going to be fighting for uh, to get in uh, to get out of the uh, play-in night uh, are on their schedule Uh, Iowa State despite Halliburton I I, I think that this team is they're they're overmatched most nights certainly against the top of the Big 12 but I've seen a lot of effort out of this team since their lottery pick has gone down yeah, that's interesting how this team has changed their roles and the way that they're playing. And Solomon Young was fantastic against Texas. and They made threes against Kansas. They got to take care of business at Hilton. Uh, keep the Magic's back. Got to beat Tech, TCU's. Then you got West Virginia coming here. That's going to be a huge game for uh, the Cyclones when they play West Virginia because you got to be able to protect home court. And I'm with you, uh, Ken. If you look at it, Oklahoma, Possibly winnable game. Kansas State, that's one you've got to get on the road, this Iowa State team. And Steve Probst even said what you mentioned. Their goal is to get out of that play-in game because it's so tough to win that with a four-game stretch. But this is an interesting Iowa State team to see how they've changed the way they play and their roles have played. We've even seen the resurgence of Michael Jacobson's game. Yes. He had disappeared for quite some time. Yep, no doubt about that. Kevin, great stuff. Where are you this weekend? Uh, I got Southern Illinois tomorrow, Evansville, so I'm going to reunite with Todd Licklider. Uh-huh. And then on the way back, I've got the Bulldogs at Illinois State. That'll be a big one again for the Bulldogs. No doubt about that. Kevin, I'm guessing that's ESPN Plus for that one. Do you know? Uh, ESPN Plus on Thursday, and then Saturday's on the Valley Network. So it'll be a good Force Midwest. Excellent. Thank you, Love Kevin. That. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Washer Systems of Iowa uh, sponsors Kevin Lame as we go around. Uh, well, certainly a lot of Valley conversation. Uh, let's take, we're going to get two breaks in here. Yeah. Uh, let's do one right now. We'll come back to spend a few more minutes and catch up as we take you until noon. 11 o'clock, David Kaplan kicks off the 11 o'clock hour. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is going to do an NFL segment with Vinny. All these veteran QBs that are looking for a new home. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and now on 10- The Night Today. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you here until noon. Talking sports with you. David Kaplan, 11 o'clock. 
Look forward to catching up with Cappy Centurion Stone of Iowa makes that possible. And then Vinny Iyer. Uh, the Royals have made some news. They're staying on Fox Sports Kansas City. What were the other option? That's exactly. I read the same article. Well, I I guess the same article at awful announcing. Awful announcing. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the exact same thought that I had. Fox Sports Midwest. Well, they have the Cardinals. You can't right unless you're going to do some kind of overflow channel type thing. Fox Sports. Well, Midwest, it kind one of is two. overflow to begin with because six seventy one is mm-hmm. the cards and six seventy one dash five. Right. Is or is where you'll find the Royals. So I, I guess that could have been a possibility, but it makes a lot of sense. Kansas City, I mean, it's the professional sport that is on there. And without it, you would figure Fox Sports Kansas City would go away because they're not just going to keep it around for soccer, right? For Kansas <laughs> City. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> All right, here's a trivia question. Trivia time. Okay. The MLS team in Kansas City, their mascot is? A bird. I think it's the Wizards. I don't know. But it's... That is a complete guess. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, no, you, you got me on that one. <laughs> They're neighbors to the north uh, up in Omaha to clean up our Creighton Point. Got a Creighton fan all upset at me now. Okay. In the modern era of college basketball, they have never been to a Sweet 16. In the 64-team bracket era, they have never been there. Yes, in the 60s. So would you have had to buy the beer then? Because you're feeling pretty good about winning some bar bets. Well, yes, and I've won bar bets with this before because we're talking logistics. In fact, it wasn't even called a Sweet 16 back. They were a regional semifinalist in 1962 and 64. Different set of circumstances. Well, we're talking about in the 64-plus bracket era. They have never been there. Gotcha. Well, he's got a team this year. I don't think yes, there's any doubt does. about that, that this team's poised to make a... An imp- we'll see. We'll see. Uh, a month from today, Brent Bloom just tweeted this little nugget out. Uh, a month from today is the first Thursday of the oh. uh, of the tournament. 28 days away. Not very long, is it? Man, Let's go oh, man. to Albany, where Iowa's getting mm-hmm. ready to take on... You and I. Oh, jeez. Could you imagine that? I, it's going to be fun. So what's what's Vegas going to be like this year? Because it's of all the events, this is the one that, if you have a bucket list, if you're a sports fan, and you put together your bucket list of sporting events, most sports fans, this is number one for them. Sure. You want to get to a Super Bowl, maybe. You want to get to a Derby, maybe. And then they both should be on your list if you can. But I think this is, so what does sports wagering across the country do, if anything? To the opening weekend of the tournament in Sin City. I, I think just because they make it such a big event. It's not just about the games that are going on, which is great in its own right. Well, it's a destination venue. And that's what it is. It's about the experience. It's uh-huh. about going out there with a group of buddies or just going out there by yourself and experience it that way, whatever it is. It's the strip. It's the lights. Right. It's the restaurants. It's the There's so much. It's all-encompassing. Everybody wants to be a part of that environment. Now, the question, at least for me, is... What are people doing on the local level? What are the casinos around here going to do? Well, I don't think anything special, Trent. I mean, Prairie, look, Prairie took a lot of flack when they cut the ribbon back in August. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple of tables and a couple of chairs. This isn't a sports book. I mean, have you ever been to Vegas? This is pathetic. This isn't. No, it was actually smart what they did because as of today, uh, more than 80% of all sports wagers are done on your mobile device. And you don't go to the, you don't have to go to the book to bet and stay there. And that's what a majority of people now in Nevada also do. You look at their sheets also that we get from the state of Iowa. State of Nevada is the same way. Over 50% now of the bets come mobily in the state of Nevada because of that, because of the convenience right. factor 
that goes but they're, into it. But the books are still packed because of all the tourists. Right. It's the locals that don't no longer, you know, have to go and sit in a book all night long and watch games. If you're Prairie, if you're any of the properties around Wild here, Rose, though, yeah, Jefferson. Are, are you yeah. trying to put something together? Make an experience? Make <sighs> No. Just I don't think you bet. are. Just an, another day with I obviously so. more volume. Right. The volume will still be there. Boy, you got to figure there's got to be something out there. I don't know. we got to get one more break in, Trent. We, we should take that because we're going to run out of hour, and we'll get our hands slapped if we don't. Uh, Miller and Condon with you until noon. Cappy in about 10 minutes. Uh, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 101.89. Pick up your Cedar Ridge I- Bourbon Whiskey. There you go. If you're a bit porky, that last spot's for you. <laughs> I can't believe radio Guilty. advertising. I mean, there's a song about toilet paper. Yes. That one sticks in my head throughout the day, too. If you're a bit porky, boy, things have changed. Huh? <laughs> the stuff that, that flies <laughs> as opposed to what it would have years ago, uh, that's uh, that, that's nuts. Anyways, we continue on here. As we take you until 11, David Kaplan is coming up. Look forward to speaking with Cappy. A lot of baseball conversation with Cap. So uh, we're uh, later on, Trent and I are going to tape our Mediacom television program, and we're going to focus in on the locals uh, as far as what kind of season we think that the local teams are going to have, the two in Chicago, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, the Twins, the Cardinals, and the Kansas City Royals. Have we got a team that's um, of the of the locals most likely to get to a league championship series? Am I a homer if I say the Twins? No, because that's the right answer. I think that it is. I think that it is the right answer. Trent. I'm not confident in it. What about the Cardinals? I don't have a great feel. We talked about the Cardinals a little bit yesterday. Offensively, where's this team? You had Goldschmidt had long stretches mm-hmm. of. Mm, inconsistency at the very least mm-hmm. for him. Noah Zuna out That's there bopping big. things around. Yep, he's a bravo. We talked about the back end of that rotation, which I like. There's at least enough pieces that I think they can cobble something together. But well, Cincinnati's arrow's really pointing up in that same division. How big of a jump? For Cincinnati? Oh, I Trent, I think that they're going to be... I think that the team that... who. Whoever wins the division mm-hmm. is going to be looking over their shoulder at Cincinnati. I don't know what the Cubs are going to be this year. I don't, I don't know what the Brewers are going to be this year. I'm pretty sure I know what the Pirates are going to be this year, and that's not very good. Mm-hmm. But Cincinnati, who I liked a lot last year, they're a lot better this year than they were uh, last year by some of the additions. I don't know. I think it's the Twins and the Redbirds. Cardinals have veteran pitching, but the, who's their five? I mean, the Cubs have a veteran pitching. Who's the Cubs five? Chatwood? Is that who it is right now? I think right now, going to camp, I think that that's what they've kind of got ticketed. Ooh. We've seen that song and dance before. Uh-huh. Hamels is gone. Well, Hamels on the DL uh, in, in Atlanta. He's uh, uh, He got hurt in the, in the first week of spring training. Lester get the ball in opening day? <sighs> veteran? Probably. Probably. Benefit who, of doubt. Who would you start? Darvish. I would, too. I mean, what he did in the back uh-huh. half of last year, he deserves number one. In terms of, let's not say how it's actually going to be, in terms of rank them one through four. Oh, for 2020. Of the, of, the, of the six local, so you're limited. No, 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 of the rotation for the Cubs. Oh, I see what you're saying. Ooh. Darvish one. Hendricks, Hendricks two. two. Lester three. Quintana, Quintana four. But that's righty, righty, lefty, lefty. I think you want to mix and match. Ooh. 
Dar- Darvish, Lester, Hendricks, Quintana, Chatwood? I don't like that. I don't, you don't like the back? I, I don't like... I don't know. The construction of this team, maybe it's just because... We've known this group together for so long. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it, does it? It really. This is the first year since the championship year, and maybe that's what they need. You know, maybe they maybe they were reading their press clippings. I know they're not, but Mm -hmm. you get the phrase, if you will, uh, figure of speech. I don't know. Can't wait to find out, though, and won't be long. We will come back with the 11 o'clock hour. Speaking of baseball, Cappy's going to lead things off. Vinny Iyer, Trent and I, bottom of the hour, going to get into an NFL conversation with Vinny. Look forward to doing that as we take you up until noon. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM.